unique ways with Thomas Gerard emerges with people from all walks of life who through their own unique angle succeed and flourish. Enjoy the ride and welcome to Unique Ways, an audio podcast. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to Unique Ways with Thomas Gerard, an audio podcast. Um, We've got a really distinguished guest on today. Uh, He is the former chief design officer at 3M. He's an author, a design leadership advocate, a keynote speaker, a guest lecturer, advisor, and a mentor. Please join me in welcoming Eric Quint. Welcome, Eric. Thank you, um, Thomas, for having me on the show. Thank you. Um, are you ready for 20 questions? Yeah, please go ahead. Great. Number one, tell me a little bit more about yourself. What do you do? Well, uh, maybe the best way to explain what I do is uh, is based on two principles. One is the principle and my definition of design thinking. Um, and I see design thinking as a kind of a mindset for collaboration uh, and also leading to transformation. And uh, I have practiced this across multiple uh, uh, levels of an organization. And I think uh, you can drive progress, big deal with it. So design thinking as a mindset for collaboration is one thing. Then the other thing is, I believe strongly that designers will be a catalyst uh, to connect all stakeholders uh, to lead the way in driving meaningful change and relevant ideas. And so based on those two, I can, you can say that I, at this moment in time, I disseminate my experience in executive design leadership to inspire and guide uh, the next generation of design leaders to become more effective. Uh, I have seen that there is a need for that, and, uh, and I'm happy to, uh, to be a mentor and a coach for this. Great. Um, just a note for our audience, um, Eric and I don't know each other yet. We're just meeting now. Um, but I think I came across him after seeing the work of Mauro Fortini, who's a chief design officer at PepsiCo, and uh, realized that that was a, a real job. Um, question two, what's a key piece of knowledge that makes you different? Well, um, I have learned uh, throughout my career um, how to elevate design at a scale uh, in a large global organization that is really helping to elevate uh, design in an appropriate way. And in in doing so, you need to navigate uh, the complexities and the dualities in such organizational um, uh, circumstances in order to let uh, design flourish and um, take the benefit of design and creativity. And um, when I was uh, actually chief brand and design officer for a 3M company, uh, um, um, after doing a lot of keynotes, I was asked uh, many, many times when I would write a book about my experiences. And um, beginning of this year, um, Stanford University Press supported us in writing a book and, and publishing a book that is exactly about that, about elevating design at scale. Great. Um, I'm glad you clarified the branding elements in your in your title. Um, recently, we had Debbie Millman on, who's the chair of the Master in Branding Program at School of Visual Arts. And um, I think that's a, a nice thread. If you enjoy this episode, you should check that one out, too. Um, question three is why this of all things, why do you do what you do? Well, uh, like I said already, I accumulated a lot of knowledge in uh, several uh, 
um, executive design leadership roles. Uh, and also uh, through the research for the book, we learned that uh, there are so many leaders, design leaders out there that uh, put all their energy uh, and enthusiasm into the role, but still uh, they are some, sometimes um, not so effective and uh, disappointed about the progress that they are making in their organizations. And so uh, that was for me a, a great way of um, capturing all of that, uh, that knowledge in order to help the next generation of design leaders. Um, uh, so I think uh, design is not yet utilized uh, to the potential that it can offer. And um, if I can contribute to uh, elevating the value and the impact of design, uh, then that would be a great contribution. That's great. You know, I was looking on YouTube at your other um, your other recordings, and and you really kind of give back a lot um, being on podcasts. And your your um, your expression of of generosity is is very clear there. Um, number four, what does your future look like? Well. Um... First of all, the attention that design leadership is getting at this moment in time is very promising and needed. And as a design leader, I believe that uh, the imagination and the creativity and collaborative approach of designers will be a kind of a protagonist uh, to contribute to solve uh, in collaborative ways to the world major's challenges. And so my future, and I think the future of design leaders and designers is very bright uh, because uh, we all know about um, the major challenges that we have in society. Uh, and uh, and I think designers are, are really in a, in a sp uh, spider in the web to, uh, to, uh, to help to get this going. Great, number five is um, somewhat unique to this podcast and I imagine you'll have a nice answer for this, but the, it is, let's talk about location. How does the notion of place play into what you do? Well, place is extremely important, I think. And I give you one example. When I was talking with 3M about my executive leadership role, they offered me any place in the world to uh, to run the show. And my first question to them was, uh, "Where is your Where is your leadership? Where are the main stakeholders of your businesses?" And uh, they were all at their headquarters in uh, in Minneapolis. And so I said, "Well, I have to come to Minneapolis because it doesn't make any sense for me to be anywhere in the world." Uh, that uh, and, and not being connected to the, to the stakeholders. So place has two kind of realities, uh, also very much driven by the pandemic. And before the pandemic, uh, like I said, I believe you need to be close to your main stakeholders to influence and drive progress and uh, use personal relationships uh, with empathy to get things going. Um, after the pandemic, you see that place has become a kind of a fluid a definition and because we can any, anywhere, anytime through virtual tools. And uh, that allows me also to talk to you today uh, and, uh, you know, giving my keynotes and guest lectures and mentorships all over the world uh, um, uh, because of all, all that fluidity. So uh, so there's two, two links to that. The other thing I, I strongly believe is that if you want to build strong brands for companies, you know, that doesn't happen in... Um, in isolation that happens in working together, challenging each other together, uh, uh, creating ideas together to uh, to elevate that brand into the next level. And so uh, the whole uh, hybrid working space has for sure some challenges on that end. 
Great. Yeah, we're recording this podcast from Vancouver, Canada, but you know, I've spent time in India and China living and working in those places and you definitely feel disconnected in a certain way. It's weird even being online, um you you kind of really kind of plug in when you're in a place like Vancouver or or another uh, big city. Um number 6, if you had to start from the beginning, what advice would you give your former younger self? Well, there's a few things. One is uh, my advice would be find appropriate mentors. Uh, throughout the different uh, phases of your career. You know, uh, throughout your career, you start, in my case, as a designer, uh, you have certain challenges and uh, a good uh, coach uh, and mentor will help you to uh, to develop faster. But then if you enter into a managerial role and later in a leadership role, you know, different kind of mentors that give, give you um, a perspective, but also allow you to make use and utilize the networks and uh, and experiences to uh, to develop yourself is extremely important. So first thing was is the mentors thing. The other thing is I think is um, managing excitement and enthusiasm in more effective ways is important to let uh, that enthusiasm and excitement uh, work for you instead uh, and becoming more fearless instead of uh, it it could also become roadblocks. And I have seen a lot of anxiety or excitement going into anxiety that uh, if you um, you can manage this in a, in a more effective way, it can work much harder for you. And so that is another thing that uh, I would bring in, uh, you know, to become more fearless and, and, and certainly as a designer, experiment and, and don't be afraid of failure. Uh, and then the last one is, uh, is an interesting one that my team members always uh, reflect back to me. And uh, that is, uh, if you navigate in, an, in, in a complex, large global organization, um, I navigate uh, through all of that uh, by uh, based on what people do to me and, uh, and not to what people say to me. And I think this is an extremely important uh, thing because I, I met a lots of people that say great things uh, uh, to you and uh, say, uh, promise you great things uh, to support you. But in the end, it all matters what they are going to do actually. Uh, and uh, and uh, what their commitment will be, and so uh, that is a great way of uh, of navigating through uh, the wilderness of uh, of all kind of opportunities that you have. That's great. Um, recently, we had John Maeda on, and he's been talking recently about fear based decision making versus kind of curiosity based decision making, and how um, how important it is to to embrace that curiosity. Um, sure. Yeah. Number seven, what's a day in your life like? Well, uh, since the uh, publication of the book, you know, I'm, I'm connecting a lot with my network. I mentor design leaders and complete teams. Uh, uh, I, pre I prepare and giving guest lectures and keynotes globally uh, and um, doing podcasts like this. And like I said, uh, sharing my knowledge uh, to the next generation of design leaders. And um, uh, I think I, it's a lot, a lot of fun to do so. Um, actually, you can... Um, uh, amplify all of your experiences beyond uh, running a design team like I always did in, in large organizations uh, to um, design teams and designers uh, part of many organizations. And so that has a kind of an enjoyment to amplify the impact that you can have on, have on, uh, on, on design leadership. And so I happen to, uh, to coach uh, uh, design leaders, uh, leadership teams, but also with their managers, 
in the in in on board level to talk about how we can elevate design in an effective way and in an appropriate way for their particular business. Great. That brings us to number eight. Lifelong learning is a popular topic. How do you stay up to date? Well, uh, you mentioned the word already. Curiosity is, is the one and only word, in my opinion. Uh, so, yes, you, you listen into many podcasts and uh, reading. Uh, you go to events, if possible. Um, but in the end, it all comes down to uh, your openness, uh, your curiosity to uh, to explore new new areas. And so uh, curiosity is the thing. Nine, what tools do you use? Are you digital and analog? Well, both, of course. Uh, but, uh, you yeah, know, uh, the last couple of months, I was very much using uh, the digital meeting tools like the Zooms and the MS Teams and Google Meet and Skype and so on. Mm -hmm. uh, but also co-creation tools, uh, whiteboard tools like uh, Miro and Mural uh, and social platforms. Uh, so it's, it's also a great way to uh, digitally uh, be connected with your uh, your target audiences and uh, and have uh, interesting dialogues going on. So, um, and of course, internet is an unlimited source of knowledge, uh, which is uh, is a given nowadays, but is, uh, is pretty unique. Great, halfway, number 10, how do you deal with work-life balance? Well, uh, work-life balance changes throughout uh, the years. Uh, but uh, the one red thread through all of that is uh, that you need to be reflective to yourself, uh, both body and mind. And uh, I also, also always embrace guidance uh, of the ones that are uh, close to me, maybe the loved ones or my close colleagues that are in, in your direct surroundings. Uh, if balance, if you go un, in, in unbalance, you know, you get signals from your, your uh, uh, say um, the direct uh, uh, environment uh, that can help you to uh, to listen better to yourself. Great, eleven. If you weren't doing what you do now, what would you be doing? Well, I would be probably an art craftsman, uh, dreaming away in my atelier or studio, mm. and being in a in a creative flow while creating, um, you know, pottery or sculpting or being a luthier or or, or something like that. Um, 12, what would you not like to do in terms of career? Useless things. So that, these are um, things without a benefit, without a purpose, or without a reason. And, uh, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that happened a lot. And in, uh, in particularly also in a large organization, it's uh, referred to as bureaucracy. Uh, that's, a, that's a bad thing. Um, 13, what's your favorite word, quote, or sentence? Well, my my favorite uh, sentence is uh, uh, the more turmoil, the more opportunities. Mm -hmm. So and that is related to the glasses half full. And so I have been through many reorganizations uh, in different businesses uh, where you have to rethink the future. Uh, where sometimes the environment is forcing you to rethink your future. And um, and that can be very scary and, uh, and uh, is, it can bring people out of their balance. But uh, I, I have to remember uh, my, myself and my team members that, uh, yes, uh, all that changes may be um, uh, not a very pleasant way of, of, of state, 
but uh, you should realize that if nothing is changing, um, you know, you don't have a lot of opportunities. And so uh, the more turmoil again, the more, uh, more opportunities. How about a least favorite word quarter sentence? Well, I, I, I don't like the word frustration. If people come into my office and say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated because of, and then whatever, I say, oh, wait. The word frustration for me has a connotation to negative energy, kind of hopelessness, being defeated or, or blocking. And, and that's never a way of, uh, of getting out, out of that, uh, what they call frustration. So if people start to talk about their frustrations with me, I, I sit down and start to listen and start to open up and show there's a lot of opportunity in all of that. If you had to choose one word to describe yourself, what would it be? Well, it, it, I refer here to a word or words that uh, uh, my team always said about me. Uh, and uh, what they say is uh, two words. One is optimistic resilience and, and passion. That are the two words that are uh, capturing uh, my drive for uh, design and creativity and collaboration uh, in a good way. 16, what keeps you up at night? Well, I'm actually not a lot, but the only thing that would keep me up at night is the excitement uh, of endless possibilities and how to contribute to this. Uh, if you think about big uh, companies, you know, one of the pitfalls that they have is they have endless opportunities. They have networks, they have knowledge, they have uh, investment available. Uh, and so, um, uh, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of things happening. And in all of those opportunities and possibilities, it's easy to uh, to get lost. And uh, and so what I always like uh, is that if there are, uh, when there are great opportunities for a collaborative uh, effort or uh, or for an, a new innovation, then uh, what keeps me up at night is my enthusiasm to think about uh, how my team and myself can contribute to them. Great. Seventeen is what's a dream you're chasing. Well, one of my dreams that I'm chasing is to build my own jazz guitar, uh, which uh, I'm going to do uh, in the coming year, probably. Uh, and uh, that comes back to that art craftsmanship that is uh, very well uh, uh, close to my heart. Final stretch 18, what inspires you? Well, any beauty of art uh, and, uh, and music, uh, creativity, but particularly, um, Creative people from totally different fields, if they start to collaborate together uh, and, and explore unexpected new territories, mm -hmm. I can really uh, get inspired from that. And uh, so in my career, I had the opportunity to have a few of these, let's uh, say, amazing uh, uh, collaborations that um, either with great architects or with great uh, fashion designers or great other designers or industry leaders. Uh, and uh, and uh, that is always, uh, for me, uh, kind of one plus one is three, the additional that brings it in and that inspires me. 19, any advice you'd like to share? Well, there's maybe three things that I want to share on that advice. First of all, storytelling is extremely important. Mm -hmm. And um, the way you tell the story. And... Um, uh, people in my team, they always said to me, you know, the way you tell your stories is like 
um, the things you talk about are already in place while they are still, uh, you know, uh, uh, dreams or concepts. And, and I think um, that is the power of st storytelling. I remember when I made my first proposals for a design headquarters uh, in, uh, in, the, in the headquarters of 3M, um, you know, uh, people told me that uh, the way I was talking about it and, and I visualized it uh, was as if there was that place already there and it took us another two years to build. So uh, storytelling, the power of story, the storytelling is, is extremely important and to, uh, to practice this, uh, this muscle is important. Then the other one I mentioned already before, uh, fearlessness is important. Uh, uh, yes, uh, John Meda may be saying uh, driving with curiosity, you can drive it with many, many um, uh, things like passion as well or uh, curiosity. But um, in that fearlessness, I, uh, I have learned that um, you can use disagreement as a source to drive progress. Uh, and um, because you can only do so many things. And so if you are too much of a, of a yay, uh, person saying yes to, to anything, then you get very thin spread. And uh, you can imagine that uh, with all the opportunities that you have in, in large organizations, um, you have to make choices. And so you have to say no, because by saying no to one thing, you create uh, uh, room to move, time, uh, capacity, investments, to other things that are maybe more uh, of a higher priority and more important. But if you, if you use disagreement as a source to drive progress, I always uh, mention there's three principles that you should use. One is you should, in the disagreement, it should be based on arguments so that it is clear why you do it. Secondly is it should be respectful. Uh, so it's not a, an attack on any person or an individual. Uh, and third, it should drive an overall goal, a bigger thing. Uh, and uh, and if, if you have those three things in place, you know, you are, in my opinion, always in a position to, uh, to disagree with uh, what's going on in your environment uh, to make it a better place. Uh, and the last one, uh, next to storytelling and the fearlessness, is um, the one role I like the most in my chief brand design officer role is what I call uh, being a corporate rebel, uh, although with a purpose. And so that is the rule where, uh, you know, you can ask questions and you can, uh, well, not take things for granted. Uh, and, uh, and I think that is a very healthy way of uh, stimulating the debate and the dialogue to think uh, uh, on um, uh, alternatives and new ways uh, of uh, transforming things. Great. And number 20, um, we know about your guest podcasting, but how can our listeners keep tabs on you? Well, uh, the platform I'm most active on is on LinkedIn. Uh, that's just because of uh, my link to a prof the professional uh, design uh, community and design leaders. Uh, and uh, because of design leadership, uh, you know, uh, this is not about the beauty of things, but this is about uh, the organization of things and the leading of things and the management of things. Uh, and, uh, and so on LinkedIn, you can find a lot of uh, references to articles, podcasts, uh, uh, keynotes, but also uh, uh, to the book that we have written. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Eric. I'm, you know, such a privilege to have someone of your stature on the show. You know, a big, uh, a big mention to John Maeda and Dr. Marco Bevelo, um, 
who uh, who in a way are connected and and brought this all together um, and and gave us this this great chance. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. If you like today's podcast, I encourage you to have a listen to other episodes. You can easily find them at uniqueways.ca or wherever you find podcasts. You can also find us on social media. And thank you. It's you that makes these great, and it's you who these are for. Stay tuned for more Unique Ways. Mm-hmm.